All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Nurse Man Dan Show with your host, as always, Nurse Man Dan. Glad to have all of you back. I've got some good news. I finally did it. I finally uh, got my resume together. I've been putting it off, I don't know, the entire year because I didn't, I, I, for some reason, I just felt like it was going to take a lot longer to do. It took me like 25 minutes. I'm kind of just wondering now, like 25 minutes. I mean, what have I been doing? Why have I not done this sooner? Maybe, uh, and I was thinking about, maybe it's because I was nervous to venture out into something new. I kind of got comfortable with the routine, even though it sucks. Um, And I enjoy the work. Like I don't not enjoy what I do, but I just don't agree or think that the way the work is being done under the guidance of these, you know, physicians, uh, that it's working. So it's hard for me to stay motivated, I guess, to do a job that I enjoy doing when I know it just doesn't work. And when I'm just beating myself up, getting beat up pretty much, you know, over this job, I, uh, it's just, it's sad because, and this is what I'm saying. This is like where, you know, in my heart of hearts, like I said, I know what I'm doing. I know that these people appreciate me coming into their house and talking to them the way I do, talking to them like they're a family member and not a patient. I feel more so now in this job than I ever have as a nurse that I am, I have and am doing the most good for the people that I come across, hands down. Um, but once again, you know, like I said, I, I value my time with my daughter when I have her more than anything. So I'm, I don't know why I waited a year to put, I, I think what it was is that I just, I was like, I'll just, I'll keep giving it time. I'll, maybe it'll get better. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe it'll get better. Um, and you know, they keep saying like, Hey, when this whole new system rolls out, you know, the job will be, it'll be less work on the nurses and it'll be less, you know, charting and more time, you know, to do the stuff that I want to be able to do. Um, I still don't know if that's true. I, I don't buy it. I just don't, I don't believe a healthcare system is going to, um, is going to reduce our workload and still pay us the same amount of money. Just financially, that doesn't seem to make sense, right? Healthcare is a greedy business. So when you're telling me that it's going to be easier for us, but you're going to pay us the same amount of money, it's going to be less work. Something in my head does not compute. Maybe that's just me. And I think really I got it. My dad, just like a last week when he asked me, you know, is there something else you want to do with your life? Because he was like, you know, you're in this age now where if you want to make a change, do it now because the older you get, the harder it is to, um, what do you say? The harder it is to stay motivated to make that change. And I think just that little bit, I was like, fuck yeah, I can do a resume. I haven't put in, uh, I haven't put out a single application to a job yet. However, I did just finish the resume, um, a couple hours ago, maybe something like that. Um, so I think I got to, it's this weekend. I don't have my daughter. I got to work. Of course, because I work every weekend, I don't have my daughter, which is 
one week in a month. Um, which just goes back. I'm fucking wore out. I have not had a single day off to myself that I can think of since I've started this job. It's work, my baby girl, which I love more than anything, and then work. That's it. And it's like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Especially when I hear that, you know, a good friend of mine, a traveling radiology technician, is making the kind of money he is. Like, what am I doing? I'm telling you, if another nurse walked in there tomorrow and they said, hey, I will do uh, Nurse Man Dan's job at half the price and I've got 40 years more experience. They're going to just do that. I mean, maybe not right now because we're short staffed. They'll be like, you know, we don't have to get rid of him, but you can join us and work at half price if you want. But if it was uh, push come to shove and we had plenty of staff, right, and somebody came in and did that, they ditch me because that's just how money works, especially, I mean, that's how, that's how capitalism, I get it. That's how the healthcare system works. Um, so like you got to take care of yourself. I don't know who told me that the other day, somebody else at work, like you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. And, um, so that's what I'm doing. I, I, I haven't been on a vacation. I don't know how long I'd love to go take my daughter somewhere. Um, but you know, Every time she's here, I'm trying to get caught up or I got patients calling me on the fucking weekend or I got to get this done and this. I'm done, 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 done. So uh, I'm going to start putting out applications to travel jobs. Uh, My mom's got somebody coming in this, I guess, next week that either runs a travel agency or works for them or I don't know what the deal is, but she was just like, can you just wait and talk to her before you start putting out anything? And I was like, all right, it's only a week, right? Whatever. So hopefully that goes well. Hopefully she points me in the right direction. I'd really like to go back to doing ER. I just, I think the amount of time I've been out of the emergency room, they like frown upon. Which is just fucking incredibly ridiculous to me. I could get it if like, you know, I was in the ER for X amount of years and then wasn't a nurse for like 10 years or did a desk job. But it's like I was in the ER, then I wasn't, and then I was in the OR, then I wasn't, and now I'm doing home health and I'm hoping I wasn't soon. Um, But I do the same stuff, especially with home health, not in the ER, I mean in the OR. When I was in the OR, I did nothing. I wiped people's eyelids with betadine And then I made sure I got enough of it off so that the surgeon didn't bitch at me. Like, that's it. And then I walked back over, sat down, pulled up the news, or looked at my phone. And it was about 12 and a half to 15 and a half minutes a case. And I would just read while he did that. And then the surgery would be over. I'd go over there. They'd come out. I'd say, oh, great. Here we go. All doped up. And then drop them off. And then the out, you know, the the post-op nurses take it over. And then I go get the next person. Hey, Mrs. Uh, Blind McGillicuddy, uh, is this your name? Is this your birthday? Okay, let's go ahead in. Then I wheel them into the room. What do I do? Wipe their eye, dry it, sit down 35 times a day, 40 times a day. Just the worst fucking job. That job was almost as bad as this. Actually, it wasn't because when I left that job, I didn't have to go home and deal with it anymore. I just went home. And it was fantastic. I actually looked forward to getting off because I knew I could go and do something. 
I don't look forward to getting off now because the days just fucking run together, like I've said. It's the same thing. It's wake up, work meeting, work meeting, office, office, patience, patience, cancel, patience, can't do this time, can't do this. Your day gets fucked. You get home. It's late. Chart, chart, chart. Maybe get to do a little bit of something at night for yourself, which is usually shit I talk about we shouldn't be doing. Like TV. Sometimes I'll FaceTime with people. Sometimes I watch a lot of like documentary type stuff like in the background. Like if I'm working on charting, I don't really spend too much time watching like garbage TV. Um, And I'm just, I'm just, I'm wore out. Um, So I, uh, like I was saying, you know, I, I really like to go back to the emergency room. I liked the atmosphere I feel like most people that work in an ER have a decent sense of humor. You're going to have that person at any job. I'm sure there's, you know, videos out there of the different personalities of an ER nurse, you know, and like they're there, but overall, like they're just like solid, like down to earth people. Like, you know, they, they come in, they got a decent sense of humor. They don't get offended by every little fucking thing. Most of them work as a team. Um, and I would say, I think that's pretty true across most ERs, but you're always going to have the nurse that wears too much makeup, you know, that comes in and just wants to look pretty and doesn't really do a whole lot. But since she looks pretty, she gets away with it. Right. And then you got like, uh, let's see the elderly, slightly overweight nurse. These are all females. I didn't work with any male nurses. I worked with one. His name was Reg and he fired me. Um, but other than that, I didn't really work with any, I did work with another one. I won't mention his name, but great, great guy, actually solid dude. You know what? I will tell you a funny, (laughs) a funny story. So this guy, he's a, uh, he's an ER nurse. Um, and he was middle-aged and so I I was brand new at a nursing school and he had like shadowed, I shadowed him for a few days. And the first day I was there, like he like taught me, it was nice having a guy because every time a woman would tell you something in there, it's like something would come up with somebody else. And it's just like, just tell me the fucking information I need to do the job. That's all I need. I don't care about emotions. Right. So this other nurse, I guess I can say his name. I don't, Greg, uh, was that his name? Greg Steg, Brian, Dave. I don't remember what his name was. Anyways, he, uh, was just great. He answered all my questions. He didn't make me feel dumb or stupid. I mean, I asked a lot of questions like, I'm, I can't think of any questions now that, you know, were, you know, dumb. I can't think of any stupid questions to ask right now, except, you know, is obesity fat? I mean, is that bad for you? Like, yeah, that's that. anyways. So he was great, right? It was a fantastic day. I learned like a great deal from him in that one shift and it was nice. So we're like leaving and, um, I was like, hey, you want to go like grab a beer or something? Like, uh, I got some more questions and like, you know, I just figured like he was a cool dude. Like my wife's at home at the time and like, you know, she don't care. So I, so I asked him and he's like, uh, nah, I don't, I don't really drink and drive, which, you know, good for him. But I was like, you can't have like a beer. And he's like, uh, nah, not tonight, man. I was like, all right. And in my head, I'm like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, really? Like you really got something that important to do. Turns out. He was gay, right? Nothing against it. He taught me a lot. I learned a lot from that gay man. But I'll tell you what, deep down, what, when I found that out, what bothered me uh, was the fact 
that in my head, he didn't not go get a beer with me because he didn't want to have a beer and drink or drive. He didn't want to have a beer with me because he had a man, I think. Maybe he didn't. But then my mind, I'm, a, I'm 100% straight, right? I am a heterosexual male, boobs and ass. Sorry, you know, my grandma, mom listening. Like, I, I don't want anything to do with a male. But whenever I heard he was gay, my first thought was, did he turn me down because he, th- he didn't think I was good enough for him? Like, am I not attractive enough for this man? I mean, it's dumb, right? But that was my first, it made me laugh because I was like, this motherfucker, did he really just, did I get dissed by this homosexual man who we bonded with? I bonded with all day. Had a great time. We're laughing. Ha ha. And then I asked for a beer and he's like, nah. Like, no. I should have known. I should have known a solid male nurse would be gay. Not me, not me. And he was a great male nurse. You just, you don't see a whole lot of them. And he wasn't even like flamboyant. Like I had no idea he was, uh, he was gay. Not that it matters. I'm just, you know. If he wasn't gay, could we have got a beer? That's my only question. Anyways. So, like I said, the ER was great. There was a lot of personalities, but for the most part, everybody, everybody got along. Everybody cussed. Everybody made very inappropriate jokes. Everybody would make fun of a patient at some point throughout the shift because of something dumb they had did, right? There really wasn't too many people that, you know, if somebody came in and it was just, you know, a 9,800-year-old male or female that came in and they broke their hip because they decided to, you know, go downhill Olympic skiing, 100%, when they're done triaging her and getting her or him fixed up, they're going to walk out and be like, this dumbass bitch went, oh, yeah, 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 Olympic no, 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 not just, not, no, 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 not ice skating, Olympic downhill skiing. What? He's like 98. I know. And so you go out there and talk, like, what are these people thinking? And you would get stuff similar to that. And I always thought, like, well, they're just, they're over it, and they're just going to try to go out however the hell they want. I'm like, all right, that's cool. I'm probably going to be all over the place right now because I just keep thinking of one thing and then something else. So uh, just speaking of time in the ER um, and then speaking of how I've talked about how it's changing the way we are innately as human, not innately, no, no, no. The way we're being influenced to think is totally different than it was even 50 years ago. So I remember this one time I was in the work in the ER and they brought a very elderly lady in, you know, via EMS. She had a fall at a uh, church. And they were saying she had facial trauma, blood, uh, you know, but lungs were good, heart was good. So, um, you know, they come in, I'm triaging her, and I'm asking the medics, like, what, because I look at her, and it's like, it looked like somebody just pretty much like threw blood on her face. Like just, just pretty much like it was all over her shirt, but like her face was just like red really for the most part and her hair. And I'm like, Oh, oh, you know, sorry, Lord. Oh, uh, Oh goodness gracious. You know what I mean? Like what happened? And this old lady, the medics didn't even have to answer me. She, she pulled her hands down, like kind of away from her face. And she said, I was, (laughs) 
What a tough old, this was a tough old bitch, guys. This lady says she was walking in church. She had brought like a, a platter for, you know, after mass meal or whatever. And she had tripped. And it was like a, those, uh, you know, the ones you see in like your grandparents' house, maybe. Maybe they have them elsewhere now. That just seems like an old school kind of thing. But like a, one of those silvery reflective platters, you know. And she had food on it and she tripped. And when she went down, she went face first. The platter landed like on its side and it hit her her face like hard. Like so like she 90 degree angled right onto it with her with her mouth. And as she was telling me what happened, I could see I could see her upper jaw moving. I could see like the top of her, like the front row of her upper teeth when she talked were moving. And I was like, okay, your face is like broken right now. Like you broke your face, ma'am. And I I remember I asked her, I said, how much pain are you in right now? What a dumbass question now that I think about it. But then again, it goes back to saying this, you know, as we, as we seem to be getting further and further along, people tolerate suffering less, you know? I I saw a video on, you know, it was like one of those quick videos and it was like a, it was like kids from, or, you know, men a hundred years ago. And it's like walking through like a doorway and the, you know, he bumps into the, the door with his shoulder and he kind of just looks down his shoulder and shrugs it off and walks. And then it's like kids 20 years ago, you know, and it's like, he walks in, hits his shoulder and he, he like starts screaming, ah, shit. You know what I mean? And then it's like kids nowadays, and it, he walks in, he bumps his shoulder on the same door frame, and he goes falling to the ground. He says, oh, my vagina. And like, that's what I'm talking about. We are getting softer. Nobody knows what suffering is. Nobody's hungry. Don't come back at me and say, oh, there's, hun-. yeah, I get there's hungry people, but I'm saying the majority of the people in this country aren't hungry. They're not suffering. They're not hot. They're not cold. They've got, you know, indoor plumbing. But the littlest thing goes out of whack and they got to run to the ER, right? And, you know, they stub their toe or they got to, I've had men come into the ER for splinters and want pain medicine. And this old lady, what was her name? I don't remember her name. I'm going to call her Big Bertha. She wasn't even, she was a frail old lady, but she broke her face. And I said, how much pain are you in? And she said, none. And I was like, What? I was like, maybe you, maybe you're having a stroke. Maybe you knocked yourself so silly and that platter probably went up through your brain. But she was with it. She told me her birthday. She knew everything. She's like, no, it doesn't hurt. I'm good. And then the doc came in and saw it. And uh, I could see in the doc's face like, eesh. So she came in and like did an exam as best as she could with the, you know, bloody mess that was her face. Uh, So, oh, and on top of that, the medics also brought in, um, three of her teeth sitting in like a cup of milk. I think it was, that was cool. So she, the, you know, the doc leaves, I get my vitals, I get her changed, I get her all ready to go. And she's, I knew it was coming, I guess, but I, I, I wasn't ready to do it. She was like, I need you to go in there and clean her face up. And like, so I can see what's going on in there. And I'm like, I told her, I was like, you saw her teeth moving, right? Like her jaws fucked up. And that's how I told the, that's how the ER people talk. You saw her jaws fucked up, right? Like, you want me to go in there and mess with that? She was like, yeah, it's fine. Just be careful. Pretty much, right? Like, there's shit going on. And if I remember correctly, there was a trauma coming in at the same time. Um, yeah, the ER, by the way, just real quick. The ER, the ER 
was fucking awesome. I hated coming in that early in the morning, and I couldn't stand seeing an ambulance when I'm walking up first thing in the morning. Like 6.30, and there's an ambulance rolling out. Like, what the hell did you do to, to wake up to go to the ER at 6.30? And none of them were ever important. It was always something dumb as fuck. Um, but the, it was just great, you know? It was fun, especially you did have clicks. There's always going to be clicks in the hospital. Um, I guess anywhere you work. But, you know, when you got in there and you had your people with you and then you just sprinkled in, you know, a couple of, a couple of the ones that, like, didn't like your click, it was a fantastic day because you got all your work done and you got to, like, talk shit about the other people while still getting everything done. So it was, like, it was cool. It was good. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so I asked this lady. She doesn't want any pain medicine. I go in there, and I get her all cleaned up. And as I'm, like, you know, I took, a, like, a, a blunt tip syringe or, like, a, a catheter from an IV, hooked it up to syringe, and I was just kind of, like, shooting saline around, trying to just get the clots and everything, and uh, was doing one. And I guess the tooth was just, like, not in there. I mean, obviously it wasn't. Um, but I was just, like, kind of squirting, and there goes another tooth. So I just dropped it right into the, uh, the milk cup. She ended up having, they did the x-ray, and the platter had, I don't know what bone, the maxofacial, the, like where your front upper teeth are, that part, she had fractured it from just behind, like towards her throat, and had broken it up to her nasal cavity. Like that whole part was loose, and um, we didn't have a, uh, a max, what is it? whatever, a trauma surgeon to handle that. So they flew her out to a, a hospital that could do it. But I was just blown away that she was just sitting there, didn't eat anything, wasn't screaming, just being, she was, she was, she called me, sir. I was like, why are you calling me, sir? And I'll tell you why she did, because she grew up old school, though good, a good way of growing up. She was respectful of people that are trying to help her. And I'm not saying I, I think every, uh, I, I never expect somebody older than me to call me sir. If they say it out of respect or because that's just how they were raised, that's fine. Um, and I don't expect, I definitely don't expect any more. I do not expect people, you know, kids, teen. I don't expect them, you know, I hold the door open. I don't expect a 17-year-old to walk in and say, hey, thank you, sir. I do damn well expect my daughter to. She's three and a half and she's learning it very rapidly that I don't tolerate that. We were walking through uh, a store the other day, and this girl, I, I don't know what goes through, her, goes through her mind. She's usually so outgoing and, like, not scared of anybody. Like, really, she just loves everybody. But then sometimes, like, some, for some reason, she, she switches. So we are walking out of this store, and there's an elderly lady sitting there waiting on, I don't know, a car, a casket. I'm not sure what she was waiting on, but I was like, how you doing, ma'am? And then my daughter, uh, the, the lady said, oh, hello, pretty girl. And my daughter, uh, just like put her head down and gave her like these mean eyes. And I, I didn't, I didn't hit her. I, I, I grabbed the stuff out of her hand. I said, no. And I, I got down in front of everybody. Cause you know, my mom used to do that to me and my brother in public, by the way, discipline us in public. And I'll tell you, it was the most embarrassing, one of the most embarrassing things I can remember growing up. And I grew up as a redhead. So like, I, I got embarrassed a lot. You know what I mean? I picked on, like I said, the last episode, bully. But like, 
And we deserved it. I'm not saying she was a bad mom because she did it. She did it, and I, now I don't steal shit. Now I don't do stuff overtly over and over wrong because of that, right? And uh, so I just, I won't tolerate disrespect to especially elderly people. Um, you know, they've put their time in on this earth, good or bad, what they've done with it. They've done their time, show a little respect is my, my opinion. So I like got down on my knees. I said, did she just say, hello, how are you doing? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, why did you not answer? And at this point, like there's like five people behind me, like staring at me. Like, what are you doing? And I said, go over there and apologize to that lady right now and say, how are you, ma'am? My name is, insert my daughter's name. And she walked over there, like pouting her ass off like she does all the time. But then she got over there and she looked up at the lady and smiled. She jumped up on the bench and sat next to her. She was like, my name is, insert daughter's name. What's your name? And then, you know, it was, it was cool. But I told her, I said, don't ever do that again in front of me. Next time the punishment will be worse. I might even give you a little smack on the hand. I might return whatever I just bought you to show you something. I still say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, for the most part. I don't really say it to my parents anymore. I really should, though, because I want my daughter to understand that it's polite and it is what you should do. So I'm probably going to start incorporating that back into my lifestyle. And to be honest with you, this is probably a better time than ever to segue kind of into what I am going to free spit, free rap talk about tonight. I was going to mention, I was going to talk about Divorce. That's what I wanted to talk about tonight. But before I get to divorce, just speaking of my mom, speaking of my dad, let's talk about parents. This is just nurseman Dan talking. So, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Is it grain of salt or grain assault? I have no idea. I'll look it up at some point. Um, so, parents, right? Nobody on this earth right now has, does not have a mom and a dad physically. I mean, like they may have died or, or they're not in their lives anymore, but nobody got here from two dads. Nobody got here from two moms, right? There may have been two dads that adopted a child. That doesn't, I'm talking about anybody walking and breathing that's a human on this planet right now came from the uh, sexual act between a man and a woman, thereby creating us, okay? Without man and woman, there is no us, okay? So, I guess I didn't realize, and you know, when I was little and did something or my brother did something or I'd ask why is it like gotta be like this or whatever it was and, you know, my parents would say a lot of times, you'll see when you're older, you'll remember this when you have kids, when you have kids, you'll remember why. When you have kids, you'll remember why your ass hurts right now. Something like that. And having a child of my own, uh, everything they have said has been correct. It's, inc- it's so annoying of how correct they are and were and still are sometimes. It's so annoying. I think about all the time I've wasted uh, going against what they tell me because I think I know shit. Like, what was I thinking? And then I look at my daughter, and like, this just had, my parents had to have the exact same feeling at some point. 
you know, I tell my daughter, Hey, you can't do that because of this. Like you will get hurt if you do that. Right. And then she just goes and she just does it anyways. And then she's hurt. And I'm just like, man, like I just told you, like, are you not listening? You're just kind of like, you're not, you're not disappointed, but you're almost are. And you're just like, are you okay mentally? Like, are you listening? Like, that's what your parents, my parents, your parents, the whoever's listening right now, your parents at some point have looked at, you know, you and said like, or in their mind said, uh, good Lord, is this my kid? Like, why would anybody do that? And, um, but you know, the without parents and somebody guiding us in our life, things go astray. And I will tell you right now as a father in a divorced marriage, uh, not having my daughter each day with her mother each day, uh, I have seen the effects it has on my daughter. I've seen how it's difficult to raise a child, especially when both parents aren't uh, in communication and making sure they are, uh, you know, doing the best to be similar in the way they are rearing their child. It's an issue I'm going on with right now. There's certain things that I have, I believe in and I don't believe in. And certain things that she does or doesn't agree with or believe in. So when she's here with me and I'm trying to explain to her, no, baby, you can't do that because that's wrong. That's wrong. It's immoral. You can't do it. And then, you know, either she's playing me or when she goes back, the, the other half just lets her do whatever, does, lets her do what I say she can't do. And then what happens? She comes here and she's got a different set of rules. She's only three and a half. And like, it bothers me because I, I know she, she's very, every, every parent I think says they're child smart. I go off of what other people's, other parents have tell me and either, you know, so I, I, you know, I don't know if, without their input, I don't know how smart a three-year-old is. I'm a nurse, but I'm not a pediatric nurse, and I don't know how they judge how smart a toddler is. IQ, t- I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. Um, but my point is that no matter if your your kid is smart or not that smart, when you, especially now when they are absorbing so much information, when you confuse them, by allowing things to go back and forth and not communicating with the parents, it really fucks up the kid's head. Because then what happens? She probably goes to her mother and does something and gets yelled at by her mother or gets disciplined. And then she comes here because her mother says she can do X, Y, or Z. And then I say you can't. And then I, so she's going back and forth and being disciplined most, you know, for, because we, because the parents, Myself and my ex-wife aren't on the same page how we should be. So, I mean, you know, I was supposed to be talking about divorce tonight, like I said, but this is why it's so important. And maybe it'll be the next episode. Like I, like I said, she's three and a half and I see how it's affecting her already. I see how she sees me get emotional when she leaves, which I can't stand it because I don't want her to think her leaving is causing me like, I don't want her to ever think it's her fault that I'm crying. It's not. 
I, I just, I hate when she goes. It's like taking one of my lungs out of me. I don't know how to explain it, right? So I don't want that to be her, her memory. I, I can't stand it. I try to do my best to hide it, um, but I can't sometimes. So if I am telling you with the experience I have as a, a divorced father, if I'm telling you that at three and a half, I've already noticed how significant the impacts are on a, on a child. Then, then how, if, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and just say, okay, we are getting further and further away every day from God in this country and across the world. That's the reason there are so many problems everywhere, especially here where we are a bunch of entitled people who feel like we don't have to work and deserve everything and then bitch when we don't get it, okay? You, you know, you look where we're going. The divorce rates are, are always rising, it seems. Okay, so you, you, we've got this rising separation or this increase in divorce. You've got children, if they're lucky, out of this, as bad as that sounds, uh, and then you get the situation I have with my daughter and my ex-wife. And then you send them out into the world. And they don't get the full package. They don't get the mother-father combo. That's the bomb combo, right? There is no other combination of parents that works better than the mother and the father. You know, a lot of the patients I see that still have living spouses Maybe a couple of them are newlyweds, you know, in their century. You know, they've only been married, you know, 60 years. I mean, not 60, 20 years, and then they're like 91. Like, that's cute, I guess. But, you know, I, I, the ones that are still alive and still together, I come across them often. And when I, I always ask, like, hey, how long y'all been married? And, you know, I get a lot of, not so much 50, but I get a lot of 60, oops, sorry about that. I get a lot of 60 and 70 years. And it's just like, and they still, I got one now. This guy, um, I might already mention him, but, you know, his wife's got cancer. Um, and real, like, well-off, honestly, very well-off people. And you would think he would just be hiring somebody to come in and take care of his wife because he doesn't want to wipe her ass when she shits herself. He doesn't want to have to empty the, the shit bucket, you know, next to the bed. But it's not that at all. He's involved in every step of the way. And he's old as fuck himself. And I was just like, you know, asking like how long you've been married. They've been married like 68, 69 years, something like that. But I mean, they were still like when I'm in there, like doing my stuff, he still sits, he still sits next to her and holds her hand. That's, that's like a Nicholas Sparks story right there. That's the end of the notebook right there. They will be the end of the notebook here it's soon, unfortunately. But you ask him like, you know, that, you know, that's fantastic. How did y'all do it? Like what, I wonder what it is. And I, I don't think they even really know what it is until I say, do you think it has anything to do with just like the way, like the, how fast we're advancing? You know what I mean? Everybody's just always on the screen. Everybody can talk to everybody. Um, I mean, talk about going back and further, further away from God. I mean, you know, advertising, look, you know, what sells, what's always on TV. It's either a pharmaceutical commercial or some, Babe, for the most part, uh, or some dude on a motorcycle. I mean, it's like sex sells. So, like, our the stuff they are feeding us from the top 
is already coming from an immoral background just to to get your money. Like we are in this very, it's kind of like a gross point in life, I feel like, at least in this country. It's not like this everywhere, okay? Here though, we've got, we, it is, and it's huge. And this whole not suffering thing, you know, you, uh, you try something once or twice and once or twice and you get hurt or, you know, you're not the best at it and somebody bullies you and then you just quit. Like that's, that's not how you progress. That's not how you get stronger as a human being. That's not how you, um, go with the punches. And that's what's happening nowadays. I mean, we've got, what did they call them? Safe spaces. Are you shitting me? Safe spaces. I was watching, there's a, uh, uh, a not a deaf good lord a documentary on netflix and it's like i think it's called like take your xanax and actually you know what let me get these little i made a few notes because i was just like here we go like this is hang on one second All right, so it's, you know, uh, what do you call it? Xanax is a anxiety medication. Um, and I'm looking something up real quick. Give me a second. I hope this is true, what I'm trying to find. Let me see. Um, symptoms, symptoms, symptoms. Symptoms, uh, increased pressure in the life, usually drains the Okay, risk factors, family history, certain medical corneas, taking medicines, high internal eye pressure, um, being older. Um, okay, well, that don't work. Anyways, so this, I apologize about that. There's the show about um, Xanax and how it's really just, I mean, it's just a, another drug. Um, and uh, every the people that came up on the show that they were interviewing and talking about why they are on Xanax and how, I, I haven't even finished it because I got I got I got had other shit to do, so I'll finish it, pick it up. But um, uh, so let's see what I got here. Anxiety, and then I got. Uh, let's see, bully. Okay, so there was a lady on there who was talking about why she's on Ativan and how much it has helped her to go along in life. And her thing was, it went back it to, she was uh, a child of, she was, a, she was a, a, a black girl. It was her and her brother at a school. And according to her, she was like the only, or one of a select few, you know, black people in the school. And she says she got bullied and, um, you know, that's terrible. If somebody was bullying my daughter like that, it'd be ass whooping coming. But then she mentioned that she was also obese, which y'all are going to hate me for this. But, and then, she, you know, then she says, oh, this pill helps me not be, or this pill helps me. It didn't fix the fact that she's obese. And if you really think about it, okay, 
it's not, you can't even blame people for being like uh, being turned away from obese. You, you can't blame anybody for thinking that being obese is not attractive. Unfortunately, you can't, or maybe you can't, maybe it's, you can't, it's in our, we want whoever is mating with who nobody goes around and looks for like the worst possible match, right? Like nobody's doing that. Nobody's going to go unless there's a, a rape, I guess. Nobody's getting with anybody unless it's willful, right? So there's some kind of attraction to the two people. So there's it on all sides. And if you got a large woman who complains that, you know, she can't find a man because they're fat. I, I promise you there's a fat man that says he can't find a woman because he's fat. Or at least the woman he would like to date. I'm sure there's a large woman for this large man. I'm sure there's a large man for this large woman. But each of them don't want large partners. They want fitness models, right? So right there, that it's destroyed, in my opinion. So that they just give you a pill, Ativan, or um, what is it? Xanax for this girl to, to fix her. But what did they fix? They just doped her up so that she doesn't get bullied anymore or the, so that she, the, the fat shaming doesn't hurt as much. Why don't they get her on a diet? Why don't they get her to lose weight without a drug? Right? That'd be me. I'm not going to go blame, um, I, you know, if I had a son or, a, I mean, I do have a daughter. If I had a daughter and I found out that she was making fun of a kid at school, a little girl, because she was fat. I would tear her ass up 100%. It's not cool to bully, but I'm also going to say it's, it's not nice to make fun of people. But then I'll explain to her. I'm not, but then in my head, I know like you shouldn't bully, but it's because that's so awkward. In the grand scheme of things, being obese is new for us. We've been thin for a long time, thousands, thousands of years because we haven't lived in excess like we do now. Let me see what time I'm at real quick. Just because, oh shoot, 43 minutes. All right, oh, it's just have to be another, another episode. Let me see. Um, so uh, this was another thing. I guess I'm gonna close out on this one. They were going off of uh, when 9-11 happened that the rates of Xanax use increase significantly because they just didn't know how to tolerate or cope. And I'm going to tell you right now, then, then these people weren't believers. They did not have God in their lives, in my opinion. So that's why, like I said, going back to it, we are getting further and further and further away from God in this country and the world. The people who know what happens after we die, and people can be like, you can't know. The people who believe, if that'll make you feel better, aren't worried about dying. We're almost, we're, we're excited. I'm excited. This place is a hellhole, like I've said before. So I'm not going to go get, I don't go get on an antidepressant when something tragic happens to somebody else. I, you know, I say a prayer and I feel bad for the families, but I also know that if they played their card right, then they're, so much happier and better off where they are now. And like, I can't wait to join them, to be honest with you. 
What else I got right here? Let me see. Let's see real quick, real quick. Um, oh yeah, that this was her name, Regina, on this Xanax documentary. You know, she's one of these. It's like a one of these a cherry picker. She's you know all women's rights and hear me roar. And then she's gets on Xanax because she she has no time. Uh, has and then she has a she has a, she doesn't have the time to to keep up with everything she needs to do. Nobody told her she couldn't just be a stay at home mother. We are doing that to them as a society. We are encouraging people, in my opinion, not to have children. We are encouraging people to go out, not get married, and and do their thing. That's the fucking end of civilization, idiots. So the shit she's bitching about, about she doesn't have time, uh, you know, all this woman hear me roar stuff, that's the stuff she was fighting for. Men don't have time. Men off, I mean, everybody bitches, but I don't want to hear from a woman who's preaching all these, you know, these self-praise, self-praising Oh, I, I, I worked and I went out and I made myself and then bitch when you don't have time to do when you don't, don't have time to do what you want to. Like, welcome to the real world, sweetheart. So she takes a pill that she pays a drug company for so that she is still not enjoying her life. But at least her brain is making her feel doped up enough to uh, not let her know. Anyways. We'll pick up on this um, next time. I might do another episode tomorrow night just to kind of get back into it because I didn't even get into uh, into divorce as much as I wanted to in marriage, which is what we'll do next. Let me see if I can leave y'all with anything here. Nope, that's it. Um, have a great evening. Have a great afternoon. Good morning. Whatever time it is you are listening. Once again, check me out, nursemandan.com. You can reach me there. Um, if you have any, uh, any questions, reach out to me. Um, if you'd like to be on the show, reach out to me, uh, tell me what you'd like to talk about. And if I uh, find it interesting or worthy of my time, I may, uh, reach out to you. All right. Be easy. Eat your, eat your prayers. Eat well, sleep well, be well, say your prayers. Good night. Good night.